Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Look at this Washington Post headline. Inside the secret plan for the Texas Democratic exodus. A phone tree, a scramble to pack, and a politically perilous trip. The piece made it sound like a clandestine CIA mission. They were going to Washington to hold press conferences. The New York Times. The hastily arranged departure added a cinematic element to the partisan wrangling in a state with a colorful political history. A cinematic element. Politico. Today, one state rep had to postpone her wedding to join the fugitives. And they got a tremendous welcome on msnbc and on cnn that was howard kurtz on his show media buzz on fox yesterday opening with how the media gave such a uh, a cheerleader coverage to the democrats of the texas house fleeing and not voting and uh, nobody in mainstream media saying, hey, maybe you ought to stay and do your job, or this is just a stunt or anything. Hey, you got a system where you vote on these things, and you don't have enough votes. So, uh, yeah. It's daring, Jack. It was brave. It was innovative. It was cinematic. Whatever. joke. So, Lindsey Graham was on so many uh, talking head shows on Sunday, and and he told Maria Bartiromo, Bartiromo, uh, well, he was asked... Would you follow that lead and uh, and flee uh, the Senate to avoid the giant budget-busting, inflation-costing, uh, everything liberal wish list bill, the so-called infrastructure thing? He said, hell yeah, I would leave. I would use everything lawfully in my toolbox to prevent rampant inflation. Uh, he went on to say that the $3.5 trillion reconciliation package designed to pass without a single Republican vote is not infrastructure. You've got to have a quorum to pass a bill in the Senate, and I'd leave if they uh, pass it and comes to the floor. That's interesting. When I read that, I assumed he was joking, but uh, your take is that he's serious about it. Well, it was- well he's... He said one more quote to my Republican colleagues. We may learn something from our Democratic friends in Texas when it comes to avoiding a $3.5 trillion tax and spend package. Leave town. If it takes me not showing up to stop it, it's got nothing to do with infrastructure. It's tax and spend dream of the socialist left. It's going to cause inflation to soar through the roof, uh, et cetera. Then he mentioned stuff uh, involving legal immigrants. He said, yeah, I'd leave town. Uh, One more thing about the media coverage of this before we get into the, uh, the politics of it. COVID hypocrisy. So a couple of the, 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 the Dems have tested positive for the COVID, and they are flying maskless on the private plane. Remember, mm-hmm. they, they put out the photos of them flying on the plane. We all Knocking have, down brewskis. We all have to wear masks. They didn't. COVID. This is from the editorial board of the New York Post. COVID hypocrisy, media silence on Kamala Harris meeting with the infected Dems. Because Kamala Harris, the vice president, met with them over the weekend. Imagine if three Republican lawmakers who fled a state flying maskless in a private jet rather than vote on a bill they didn't like had caught COVID. And then they met with the Republican vice president who then refused to even be tested for the virus. Because over the weekend, Kamala Harris said she's not going to be tested. The media would lose their minds. The exact same thing (laughs) happened with the Democrats. Oh, no kidding, they would lose their minds. Well, that's that's why I hope Lindsey Graham follows through on his vow, because I think it's, it's probably bad for America, but I think it might take... 
the Republicans fleeing the Senate, and then the media would have to just absolutely do Cirque du Soleil-style twistings of logic to explain why the the Democrats in Texas were brave and innovative and cinematic, but Lindsey Graham's a bad American. So I would enjoy it on that level. Plus, I, I think it almost needs to be taken to an absurd place before everybody realizes, all right, this is not cool. We can't do this. Needs to be this taken will not work. to an absurd place. Yeah, I think we're kind of getting pretty close to an absurd place on all yeah, this say. stuff. Um, I was reading something over the weekend, and this fits in with it uh, pretty well, about the rise of performative politics, uh, which has been going on for quite some now, time now. Jonah Goldberg was uh, said, I write about how one of the chief drivers of our political, dis- political dysfunction right now is how we're increasingly following politics as a form of entertainment. When you go to the movies, you root for the hero. Once you've bonded with the hero, you can forgive all sorts of terrible things that you would never forgive in real life, from torture to wanton killing. The emotional sweet tooth in our brain loves some vengeance, whether it's comedic or dramatic form. Um, he said, I've been calling Congress a parliament of pundits for a while now. Many legislators care more about landing an appearance on Morning Joe or Fox and Friends than actually doing their jobs. They're more worried about being attacked on talk radio or cable by a primary opponent who is better at sounding angry. Some even see Congress itself as merely a stepping stone to their real career, which is going to be a gig on cable television or maybe a radio show. And there's no doubt that that is where we are. And so performative... <laughs> Uh, politics like jumping on the plane and held, heading to D.C. and doing press conferences way more than staying and trying to make an argument for legislation or win your elections or whatever. And it's happening at the state level as well as the federal level. And it's, you know, maybe like you said, maybe we need to go through a certain level level of absurdity before we get back to uh, the other. Couple of thoughts on that topic. Uh, first of all, if you are thinking your future is in radio, I suggest you reconsider. Um, and, and secondly, uh, you know, Jonah was a little old school there in his uh, what they're looking for description. They're looking for uh, social media presence. They're looking for influencer status, uh, lots of followers on the Twitter machine, and the rest of it, mostly for the purpose of fundraising. Mm. So, yeah, but he's absolutely right. Uh, circling back just for the moment to the Texas law, and I, this is important. You know, we're preaching to the choir here to a large extent, but uh, I just I think it's worth you knowing the reality of it. All of this is performative politics for reasons we were discussing last hour. The whole they're trying to take the vote away is is a substitute for Trump, Trump. Trump, 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 Trumpity, Trump, 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 because that's all it took to keep people's attention and get their money for the last five years. So now they need something different, and it's this fanciful Jim Crow crap. But here's Carl uh, Rove, uh, clip 31. You said new voting restrictions. Let me set the record straight. This law does not put in force new voting restrictions. It amplifies previous law that was violated by one county in our state, Harris County, home of Houston, which decided in violation of state law would have 24-hour voting and it would have drive-through voting for anybody. In Texas, you can only get drive-through voting if you're unable to go into the precinct. That's what HB3, this bill, does. So if President Biden, who declared that this is 21st century Jim Crow, if he believes that, then he ought to denunciate, he ought to denounce Delaware, which does not allow uh, 24-hour voting and which also does not allow uh, for for, uh, drive-through voting either. So neither does New York, neither does Massachusetts, neither does Minnesota. I mention those states because Senators Gillibrand, Warren, and Klobuchar have all jumped into this fight attacking Texas as racist, and the two things that this law principally does, their state doesn't allow. You don't hear that much, do you? 
No. It's, uh, well, you know, politics has always been about lying, exaggerating, frightening people. I think it's been raised to a uh, pretty ridiculous level these days. God, I'd say. The republic has endured thus far. i got to admit I'm a little concerned, uh, given the, the, the fact that the gatekeepers of information now are so completely partisan in a way that they haven't been in a very long time. Of course, you know, they were in the 1700s, 1800s, and then we somehow muddled our way through that. I, it cost half a million lives during the uh, Civil War, but... Turning away from politics, I hate to see this. Trollers are taking on LeBron James in the new Space Jam movie. I hate to see trollers saying mean things about something in pop culture. Anybody else watch the uh, Space Jam 2 movie over the weekend? Nobody? Nobody saw it but me? I watched it with my kids. Did you see it, Michael? No, but did you like it? Well, see, how do you, how do you judge something like this? It was uh, It was exactly what I thought it would be. Was it frigging Citizen Kane? No. Well, oh, no, Was no, it the no, Godfather 2? No. 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 no, 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 no. That's what, come on now. There are kids' movies that are brilliant. The kids enjoy them, the adults enjoy them, they're clever, they're heartwarming, and then there's crap. Which one was it? Answer the question. I haven't decided yet. Um, I, can't, I, I think they worked too hard. I think a lot of movies like this work too hard at the plot. Look, I, I, you don't need a plot. The, the movie is the movie is LeBron James is going to play basketball with cartoon characters against different cartoon characters. Just get to it, all right? Don't work so hard at justifying your plot. I thought that so. Part, your argument, your your criticism, it was, it was too sophisticated, too much plot. <laughs> I read a couple of reviews just for fun. They were unkind, Did and you, it was not it was not pretentious movie reviewers who like French films with people smoking and looking at each other. Did you they just? Go ahead. Did, have you did you see Space Jam one because your kids I did. Are here? Okay. Yes. See, I didn't see Space Jam one because I didn't have kids at the time, so I didn't watch it. I saw now the reverse. You haven't seen Space Jam two because only a really weird grown up man would watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that doesn't have kids, I think. In Space Jam one, was there a lot about Michael Jordan's own personal backstory? No. Because that was one thing that I thought was interesting about this movie. The first uh, 20 minutes or so was really, really all about LeBron James and his childhood and growing up with a single mom and, uh, and you know, how hard his coaches were on him to try to, you know, get out of poverty and blah, 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 all this different stuff. And then yeah. just, you know, lots and lots about how freaking unbelievable he became and is. Um, yeah. And I just thought, eh, it's kind of interesting that this is such a uh, up with LeBron James thing. I well, as expecting the, that. As the original Space Jam was uh, forgettable, I've forgotten most of it. So I, I couldn't tell you much more than that. That yeah. is interesting, though. Build, I, could, I would suggest, if I were going to be cynical, that it sounds like LeBron James brand building. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was some of that. But, um, but it's a nice story. I mean, the story's fine. It's all about uh, him becoming a better dad by realizing one of his kids doesn't want to be a basketball player. He wants to be something else. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was all right. fine. How'd your kids like it? Uh, they liked it, and that's the whole thing. Is a kid's Bingo. Movie. And it made $36 million over the weekend, which they're calling a $31 million, which they're calling uh, a lot of money. I don't, I don't have any idea. Of, uh, above expectations for the box office. So, mm. yeah. So, uh, my kids liked it. Maybe your kids will like it, too. I, I would have turned it off if I were watching it alone, but... It wasn't for me. It wasn't designed for me. It made $36 million over the weekend. I made grilled cheese sandwiches over the weekend. And that's pretty much it. So who am I to criticize?
Did LeBron mention China in the movie? No. Yeah. No. Just remember, kids, China is our friend, he said in the second act. I wouldn't call LeBron James a great actor. <laughs> mm. But, um, you know, but uh, just fine. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen him embellish a few calls on the court. He's a terrific <laughs> actor. That's yeah. a lie. Yeah, he's a good physical actor. Oh! He throws up his arms and everything. Yeah, Don Cheadle was good in the movie. You know, he's a real actor, and he's oh, uh, yeah. he's he's one of the stars. So. Was he the heavy in it? Yeah, he's the bad the oh. bad guy. Okay, yeah, it was a stretch, man. <laughs> too much plot. Just get to LeBron, play. and it was too long. It was a full two hours plus. Too long. It needed to be like seventy minutes. An hour ten would be good. Like kind of a long TV show. Right, should have been. right, right. Oh, my gosh, we haven't even brought you one of the main headlines of the day. A federal judge has found DACA, the whole dreamers, which is a term I never use because it's stupid. Uh, the federal judge found DACA unlawful and is blocking new applicants. Yep, that happened on Friday, so we should bring you the headline on that. Um, I didn't get to the North Korea warning young people not to use slang and some of the slang that they're using. South Korean slang against the law. Halfsies on that. <laughs> we need to jump into some of the COVID stuff. Still, only LA County is so far mandatory masks indoors, but a lot of counties are suggesting it strongly. Partially, I think, because they don't feel like they can get people to comply. But anyway, more on that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got my home graffitied over the weekend. Part of the whole, um, I think, part of the whole just culture of things getting worse. And Trump uh, made a statement about that today that, man, I'll tell you what, Democrats, you better pay attention because he's he's hitting on a note that lots of people paying attention to and that's now, the whole crime thing so stay tuned for that was the graffiti your radio show sucks or was it just like gang graffiti that sort of thing i'll tell you what it was coming up wow i gotta wait right. north korea warns young people not to use slang from south korea north korean officials warned against young people using slang from south korea where uh popular bands like bts thrive i, I don't understand that sentence I'm reading for the New York Post here. Um, But North Korea's official newspaper has warned young people to speak the country's standard language, refrain from using slang, and follow the hermit kingdom's traditional lifestyles. I'm sorry, but I'm in favor of this. I'm with Kim Jong-un on this one. The uh, penetration of the cultural bourgeoisie is even more dangerous than enemies who are taking uh, guns, it said. The, 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 the statement from the government said. Took the, the confusing words right out of my mouth. Uh, no slang. Language should remain static unless the government approves changes. Young people need to stick to their country's, quote, superior language, which is based on a dialect spoken in Puntang. Uh, when <clears> I believe that's pronounced Pyongyang. When the new generations have a sound sense of ideology and revolutionary spirits, the future of a country is bright. If not, decades-long social systems and revolution will be perished. 
Amen to that. That is the lesson of blood in the history of the world socialist movement. It's the lesson of blood. That's what I was saying. As we go on with the confusing statements. <laughs> is it the translation that's confusing, or did it make sense originally? Well, they overheated rhetoric is kind of their thing, and then you get it translated, and it gets a little clunky, yeah. Among the South Korean slang terms, the rogue regime is sought to stamp out APA, O-P-P-A, which women call their husbands. The word means older brother, but as often is used to refer to a boyfriend, according to the outlet. No using of APA. If you're caught using that, it's a considered a... Uh, also, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un recently labeled K-pop a vicious cancer. Well, he and I agree on that. Again. Amen. That corrupts North Korean millennials. But if you're caught using the term APA or listening to K-pop, you could get uh, the death penalty, or certainly... F- face 15 years in a prison camp, which is practically like the death penalty. That seems slightly harsh to me. Pretty harsh. Um, But despite that, um, uh, young people and all people in North Korea continue to uh, embrace Western culture. And uh, lots of foreign media, including South Korean TV dramas, smuggled into the country. I can see smuggling in news reports or, like, facts, information you want to have. I don't know if I'd put my life on the line to watch a soap opera. Come on. People got to relax after a long day of hunting for a kernel of rice. You know, you want to be entertained. The race between the ability of the West to penetrate these hermit societies, these communist societies, totalitarian regimes, in short, the ability of technology to to penetrate them is in a race with the totalitarians' uh, grasp of technology to resist outside influences. China, the most obvious example, but... um, I'd like to know uh, the average young tech hip Chinese citizen. Can they get a lot of Western stuff? Do they know what life is actually like in the West? Well, it's going on in Cuba right now. You got the government trying to block all the communications, and the super tech hipsters are trying to figure out ways around it so they can continue to tweet and monitor things. It's happening right now. Armstrong and Getty. We ask you to please remain off the field. There is no reason to go onto the field at this time. Please remain calm and remain inside the stairs. The incident has been reported to the outside of the stairs. That was the PA announcer at a... You can't beat fun of the old ballpark, Jack! Washington Nationals baseball game over the weekend, which there was a shooting outside the game, so they stopped the game and everybody uh, 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 filed out of the stadium. The uh, that stadium, which I have had the pleasure of attending a couple of ball games, is uh, it's it's one of your new old style stadiums. It's not huge, um, and the shooting was right outside of the walls, so it sounded like it was in the stadium. And then human beings being human beings, people started yelling, "Active shooter! Active shooter!" And so people thought somebody was shooting up the ballpark. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I would be, I'm not going to listen to the stadium announcer as to what I determined to be the best thing to do. <laughs> Certainly. Well, in that uh, case, he was right. In he that said, case, he was right, but yeah, I, you know, that's yeah. not but the, the players way. were going up into their stands and grabbing their family members and, and grabbing them, bringing them into the clubhouse oh, and stuff like that. Because nobody knew what was going on. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Um, so Donald Trump out with a statement today, and then I'll get to the graffiti on my house and tie it all together, I hope. 
Oh, yeah. Also, coming up, the judge says, get that extra legal executive overreach crap out of here. He tossed DACA. He tossed it. Stay with us. Uh, someone was killed in the gas lamp district in San Diego overnight in a shooting. Um, Trump with a statement, email statement, because he's not allowed on Twitter or Facebook, calling out the climbing crime rate. And I'll tell you what, man, you better pay attention to this, because this is something that a lot of Americans, doesn't matter your politics, are paying attention to. Crime in our country is escalating in a pace we've never seen before. That's true. At the same time, people are pouring through our borders totally unchecked. That's true. Jails in other countries are being emptied out into the United States. I don't know about that. Uh, Yeah, certain numbers of people who sneak in are crooks, yeah. He said crime is far worse in cities than than, uh, during the 2020 presidential election. That's true. And uh, if if he wants to run or decides to run as being the guy who's going to do something about crime, there might be a pretty... Ripe for the picking audience for that sort of message. Uh, Joe Biden would have to go back to being the old Joe Biden who was tough on crime, not the new Joe Biden who talks about, you know, hints toward defunding the police and crap like that because he doesn't want to anger the Twitter left. Well, I don't think either one of them are going to run next time, but it's wow. absolutely going to be a huge uh, Wow, breaking news. Huge issue. Radio breaking host. I've said it like 70 times. Radio host doesn't <laughs> believe Joe Biden or Donald Trump will r- even run next time. Trump has no interest. Biden will be with God. <laughs> or, or, or at least no lo- clearly no longer capable of even faking his way through the job. Wow. Well, I saw him again over the weekend. That that infamous now, and it's getting a lot of attention. Why do we not have this? Because I didn't ask for it. I'm an idiot. And, uh, at being asked about uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah, not... yeah. We're going to do this. Oh, okay. Completely separate to COVID statement. But he statement came off as a up. crazy old man. Um, but so my house got graffitied over the weekend, and I tweeted that out. I should go to the Twitter and just read it, read it as I as I uh, as I wrote it because, uh, well, I put some thought into it and I worded it carefully. Although my Twitter app got updated, and I now find it uh, almost impossible to use and figure out how to do it. So maybe I can't. Maybe that's just not possible. Yep, I don't know how to work my Twitter anymore. Because uh, because the update, but I tweeted. Thanks, out, Twitter. I tweeted out a picture from the front of my house. Um, somebody uh, spray painted it over tonight. Fuk twelve, which I didn't know what that meant, so I had to Google it. And Urban Dictionary says fuck twelve means um, f the police. So it's some sort of anti police thing. And my son said he's seen that at the skateboard park. But my comment was, and I think this is true, the allowing homeless people to hang around, the not prosecuting minor crimes, just all this stuff is adding together. And it just it 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 leads to people feeling empowered scumbags to feel like, you know, we can go into decent neighborhoods and spray paint. It's just nobody cares anymore. Police don't show up for minor crimes. People are allowed to steal stuff off the shelf at the local CVS and just walk out the door. Nobody cares anymore. You're going to get more and more of that. This has been proven. It's the broken windows thing going back to New York City back in the day. We talked to Police Chief Bratton about this a couple weeks ago. When you see broken windows and graffiti and uh, people are getting away with minor crimes, it just grows and grows and grows because the scumbags get the word, oh, okay, you can do this now. 
Well, and you combine with that reality, the fact that now, and this is so strange, I mean, is this unprecedented in human history? It might be. There's a substantial group of people that believe, no, the, the criminals should be, the, we need to understand they only steal because they've been held down by our capitalist, imperialist society. So not only do they not condemn, they don't prosecute, they make excuses. I don't think people fully understand the culture of these sorts of things. Where and it doesn't really make any sense, uh, but but it's just it's just cultural. It's just a belief that no, you wouldn't go into a neighborhood like that and spray paint a house. You can't do that. Well, that culture has breaking broken down. You see homeless people hanging around. You see shopping carts. You see broken stuff. People get stolen. Nobody gets punished for it. And just uh, little by little, the cockroaches come out and think, oh, okay, we can come out from underneath the door now. Nobody's going to step on us. <laughs> sure, we, we, we're allowed to do that now. How much bad behavior can I get away with? Yeah. People try and, exactly. and they, they test limits. Yeah. It's very, very frustrating. And, uh, you know, um, I didn't tell my uh, kids this, but my neighbor came over and said uh, somebody had broken into his uh, garage overnight. So somebody hopped to the fence of our two places and broke into his garage. I have a sturdier door on the side of my garage. I don't know if they tried to get into it, but I'm guessing it's the same people that spray painted the front of the house. But it's just... You know, it's just leaking out all across America, because I've read about this everywhere. It's just leaking out from the bad neighborhoods into the better neighborhoods, which is what happens. Yeah, I was just going to say, you don't exactly live in the hood. No, no. But that that's what's happening all across America. And that's why three quarters of Americans believe crime is on the rise and over half of Americans say crime is on the rise in their own neighborhood. And that is going to be and that's why it's climbing up the charts as the number one issue in America. And who, whichever party makes people feel more comfortable about dealing with that is going to have a real leg up. Yeah, and it's a little discussed, but there's a war going on in the Democratic Party right now as uh, the AOC and the squad and that type of people are running at all sorts of moderate Democrats uh, and trying to primary them. And you know your party higher-ups from Nancy to Hakeem Jeffries and that whole crew... Uh, Steny Hoyer are, are yelling at him to cut it out and how that's wrong and improper and the rest of it. Well, actually, a lot of their indignant statements are pretty funny. Maybe we'll get to that later. But oh, what long story that. short, there's a huge fight on the left to drag us even further in that direction. So if, if, you know, Joe Biden's successor, because I believe he'll be with God, if Joe Biden's successor wants to pivot to tough on crime, they'll have a hell of a challenge. Yeah. Um, uh, as I tweeted out, uh, you allow the homeless people to hang around town, all the petty theft, all the anti-police narratives out of pundits and politicians. This is a sort of S you get even in nice neighborhoods. Yeah. All that anti-police rhetoric that filters down to the scumbags. They feel Mm -hmm. like the momentum is with them, and the momentum is with them. Yeah, I I don't mean to wear you out on this, but I think we would all be more persuasive if we said junkies. You allow the junkies to hang around. Yeah. Because their their primary characteristic is not the fact that they don't have wood and tiles and shingles over their head. It's that they're junkies. You know, and the, the compassionate semi-informed type here homeless and they think oh well they just had one too many medical bills no those people are fine they're good decent people who get back on their feet we're talking about bums and junkies how, how would you not think that in, in cities all across america if you have all those homeless people right over there that in the middle of the night they aren't going to go out into the neighborhoods and steal bikes and graffiti your house or break in or whatever of course they are all right 
Ah, uh, der. So this judge tossed out the, the whole DACA program, more or less. Well, kind of. On paper, he did. He said, don't do anything crazy yet as it wa- works its way through the courts. But he says this whole program should not exist. I feel like we need to get away from this. Is this is this the way the system is supposed to work, where one judge variously says this can happen, and then one says can't happen, and we just go back and forth, and each side gets all excited every time until it gets to the Supreme Court? It is a horrible way to run a country. <laughs> it seems like an it's, odd it's way to run a country. It's a joke, yeah. Um, oh, my overall point was, and I think I lost it from the beginning, Trump coming out and recognizing that crime is an issue people really care about and uh, running as a law and order candidate, that is going to make a mark, man. That is that that is, that has a lot of stickiness to it of people saying, yeah, I agree with him, a lot. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those obscure issues like so many of them, like DACA. You know, kind of complicated. How often do you run into people that actually talk about that? People talk about crime. People talk about their kid's bike being stolen or those kind of things. That that's That stuff really moves votes. Right. And we haven't had that going on for a long, long time in this country. But anyway, yeah, major move on DACA over the weekend. What Biden said about Facebook and COVID was kind of weird. Maybe we'll have to get to that in hour three. Um, he said they're killing people. Wow. That's a heck of a statement. Well, they are. Not in the way he was suggesting, but anybody who takes a shot at Mark Zuckerberg's a friend of mine. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Politically, uh, editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, an immigration reboot for Biden. The Biden administration's immigration policy has been a debacle from the start, but two events Friday ought to spur a reboot. Democrats will need will need one if they want to avoid a political backlash in 2022. This is what happened on Friday. Customs and Border Protection reported that its agents had 188,000 migrant encounters in June that was announced. So that makes more than a million arrests at the U.S.-Mexico border so far, more than any full year since 2005. And then wow. the big DACA ruling that came down on Friday. So this yeah. could so so Trump could end up running on the crime thing we were just talking about last segment if he ran, um, and the immigration thing that he ran on originally that helped him get elected. Trump's not running. Forget about it. Say the Republicans or a Republican or somebody. Okay. Trump's not running. Stop to stop trying to scare me. Okay, Marco Rubio then. All right, that's fine. Uh, Trump fans, don't be offended. I just can't take any more stress. I can't take any more Trump years. Too stressful. Anyway, so this Judge Hanan, who was a George W. Bush appointee back in 2015, the guy who ruled uh, on Friday, back in 2015. He had blocked Obama's move to expand the DACA program to cover millions more immigrants, okay? Um, but he didn't overturn it so, he didn't really overturn it, uh, for reasons that we'll get into in a second, but 
Texas and eight other states in their lawsuit this time around asked the court to end DACA, arguing that it was unconstitutional and has forced states to bear extra costs from providing DACA recipients with services like education, for instance. Uh, in his Friday decision, Hainan adopted one of the same conclusions he came to in the first decision, that the program should have been subjected to various rules in the Administrative Procedure Act about notice and comment instead of just enacted out of thin air. And in the new ruling, the judge also held that the substance of the the original DACA program was illegal because it exceeded powers Congress granted to executive branch agencies. Long story slightly shorter, you can get away with stuff like uh, granting emergency uh, uh, status to people from Cuba, for instance. If the Castro regime starts machine gunning people in the streets, you can just, as the executive branch, you can say, this is an emergency, we got to do this. That's fine. But the judge pointed out that there's been nine years of failed legislation in Congress. It's an inescapable conclusion that DACA is not interstitial, meaning the temporary, to any congressional action, provisional, you know, until Congress acts. Although Congress may someday enact such a dream act, until it does, its continued failure to pass bills coextensive with the DACA population uh, evinces a rejection of this policy, meaning... You can't just have the executive branch do Congress's job for a decade. This program's done. Get rid of it. But he also said this is going to fight its way through the courts, so I'm not going to do anything about it uh, while it does. So nothing has really changed, although there are no further. I think there are no new applications being accepted. So I agree completely with your premise going into the uh into the the uh, the segment that pressure is building and this kind of uh, shuffling and looking down at your feet and making executive actions to deal with the problems, stupidity, it's got to be over. And the vast majority of Americans want the border secured and don't want illegal uh, uh, people here illegally. Ah, but the vast majority of the activists and lobbyists want things to continue more or less as they are. The vast majority of blue check marks on Twitter... And people who run giant companies want things to uh, continue as they are. Speaking and of the, as I always must point out, those who understand the math of Social Security and Medicare know we need more young workers, or it will all collapse. Speaking of uh, the Wall Street Journal crowd, the Dow is down seven hundred points as the Delta variant continues to ravage countries. I don't know if that's the reason it's down seven hundred points, but that's the excuse you're, they're using in the Wall Street Journal for why the market is down today. So. Well, I tell you what, the the inflation rate is already scary, and the main tool that the Fed has to control it, raising interest rates, uh, everybody's afraid of. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the Dow's probably down because we've, we're running this incredible experiment of debt spending and trillions of dollars of cash flowing into the system, and, and the tools we have to contain it are, might not be uh, effective, might not be sufficient. Also on the economy, uh, 9 out of 10 voters are worried about the rising cost of living, which is another issue that could be uh, used or exploded, exploited, depending on how you look at it politically, because things do seem to be getting more expensive or shrinking. More goods, I noticed, shrinking over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I got a loaf of bread. It seemed like there were like five pieces of bread in this tiny little loaf. We did this story a couple of weeks ago that Apparently, a lot of manufacturers think if they raise the price, you'll notice. So they'll just shrink the product. Mm-hmm. Buy a box of cereal, and there's six there's six wheat checks in a in a in a box of checks. 
But it says jumbo size on the front. The, the candy bar is like as thick as a piece of paper, but the package is the same size and it's the same cost. Mm-hmm. You're not fooling me. What are you doing here? Well, you're fooling a lot of people. You know, so all those people are, are worried about the rise in the cost of living, but they don't connect it to spending trillions and trillions of dollars. Because people just don't understand basic economics. So it's it's a little frustrating. I, I haven't seen the polling lately, but if, if you know, people are convinced that uh, the government's going to send out more checks and spend lots of money, I'll bet it gets uh, huge approval numbers. Even as they say, but I'm terrified of inflation. Mm. Nine out of ten are worried about the rising cost of living. So nine out of ten feel like that things are getting more expensive, that it's getting more expensive to live. It's rare that nine out of ten people agree on frigging anything. Yeah, that's an astounding amount of uh, agreement. But uh, you're not gonna, you're not going to get the alphabet networks and the legacy media to connect those two things. They're, they find it very uncomfortable. I think nine out of ten would agree that Space Jam Two was at least uh, fifteen minutes too long. Mm. How long was it? I don't know. It seemed like a day and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I paid attention to it because the kids like it more, and when we do a family movie night, you know, and I, I'm there and I watch it and everything like that. So I stayed focused. I didn't get out my phone and start diddling, even though I kind of wanted to. No kids' movie should be more than an hour twenty. No way. It was definitely. Do you have? A, can you come up with a length? Uh, two hours even. Yeah. Oh my gosh! For a, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Mediocre kids' movie. Yeah, I was just shocked at it. The hour and a half mark, and I saw on the TV that uh, I hit the little info button, and I had thirty minutes ago. I thought this is a two-hour movie. Now, kids' movies need to be about an hour ten, like a long TV show. Yeah, yeah. Two hours. Like I said, there was a lot of backstory of LeBron's life, which that part actually was kind of interesting. Too. There's the twenty minutes you're looking for. That's the part that bored the kids, and I liked. And then they got into the terminal plot line of why he is going to go into cartoon world and play a basketball game just just do it we know that's what the movie is it's special effects you playing basketball against you know the tasmanian devil let's just get to it okay well the script was written right out of joe biden's uh, speeches apparently because he believes that uh, tech overlords are killing people too he said so yeah, so Biden took on Facebook on Friday, and Facebook had to fight back against Biden, which is not usually the position that they're in. It was kind of weird. Plus, we got to fit it in with just the growing COVID cases all across the country. All that coming up in hour three. Armstrong and Getty.